The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights. For Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies now, Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher Scanlon. of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Now, our guest today is Liz Elam. She's an entrepreneur who specializes in bringing people together. And she does that through a membership club she founded called Link Coworking that provides collaborative spaces. I'm sure you've heard of those. They're about entrepreneurs coming together in small meeting rooms or conference room rentals and even event space. So she's going to tell us a little bit about her version of that. And then Liz is also a recognized expert in the co-working field, and she's spoken at South by Southwest and the European Co-working Conference. She's also been featured in Sunday, the New York Times, Young Entrepreneurs, CNBC, CNN, and throughout the Austin media, too. And she is also uh, quoted and has appeared in a number of digital media outlets. She also serves as the president of the League of Extraordinary Coworking Spaces and is the executive producer of the Global Coworking Conference Unconference, which is coming to Kansas City in early May. So welcome to the show today, Liz. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, let's find out about you. I always like for our audience to find out a little bit more about who our guest is. How did you learn about coworking and why did you decide to make it your business? Well, I first started thinking about co-working when I moved to Atlanta, Georgia in 1999 because I started um, needing to have the sales meetings kind of before the meetings to go close the deal, Mm -hmm. and there wasn't a good place to have those sorts of meetings. Um, So 1999 is when I first started thinking about it, but I was making good money at Dell, and I was having fun, so I stayed at Dell for quite a bit longer. And then I had a couple of aha moments. Um, one was sitting at the field readiness seminar for Dell in Austin, Texas, and I was watching Michael Dell on stage. And I thought, I want to be that person on stage. And I looked it down and realized that I was sitting in the seat and that if I wanted to be the person on the stage, I had to leave the seat. Right. You didn't necessarily want to be Michael Dell, but you wanted to be no. somebody who was up on stage. Right, yeah. right. And then I was at a Starbucks one day, and it was crowded, and my customers were in there, my competitors was were in there, and I was trying to have the meeting before the meeting, and I was like, this is not working. And so eventually I quit Dell and moved to Austin, Texas with the intent to open a co-working and that was in 2008. I did two years of research and writing of business plans, and I openly co-working in the fall of 2010. Why did you choose Austin? Uh, was there something besides the fact that it was a good community to start a co-working space? Or? Well, there were a couple of factors. One, family was here, and it was okay. time to get back to being close to the family. I'd been gone for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing was I really felt like co-working – was young enough that it needed a city that supported entrepreneurs. Yes. And Austin really does that. It does. And, yeah. And then the other thing was there was already successful co-working ventures here. 
which was a very good indicator to me. Right, yes, that you had a, a opportunity to succeed. Now, let's talk about co-working itself. What is mm-hmm. it? And what I, I mean, I know that there's some basic commonalities, but you've mm-hmm. added your own flair. You mentioned that there are uh, other co-working spaces in Austin, but they're all a little bit different. So tell us in general what co-working is and then how what, what some of the nuances are. You bet. So co-working is really started about nine years ago in San Francisco, and it's a place for people that would be working out of their home or working out a coffee shop to go get their work done. So all those folks that are sent home to work, when they get home, there's a lot of distraction there, and it's a pretty rare individual that can stay focused day after day, kind of in isolation. Mm -hmm. So they needed a place to go, and those places sprouted up around the world, and they're called co-working spaces. There's um, over 2,500 worldwide right now. Wow. And um, I like to say, you know, a co-working space opens somewhere in the world every single day. Yeah. And, And basically there's three things driving this movement. The first is the shift to mobility. So pretty much you can get most of your work done on something as small as a smartphone. The second thing is when the economy dipped a few years ago, you know, entrepreneurs are really those people that help lift the economy out of its rut. But in addition Mm -hmm. to that, um, a lot of people are now choosing to be independent. So they're choosing to be freelancers or choosing to be consultants. When people come to me and say, I'm looking for a job, my response is, why? Why don't you create one? <laughs> yeah, so, and, and sometimes they're doing it by choice, and sometimes it is by necessity. Right. You know, through every recession that we've gone through historically, uh, the number of entrepreneurs or new business starts increases because people mm-hmm. who uh, find, find themselves out of work and have some sort of an entrepreneurial spirit decide, you know what? This is the time, and and they they create a company or do freelance work or whatever it might be. So so that that doesn't surprise me that that that's helping to fuel the co working movement. Well, and the other thing is often then when the economy comes back, they go jump back into that corporate job, and they're not doing that this time. They're mm-hmm. staying independent. Well, and I think that mobility that you talked about is probably helping that. It's easier than ever to be independent. Right. And I think that the third thing, which is a new unique thing that I'm going to be talking about at the Global Coworking Unconference Conference, is um, people are choosing where they work. Yes. So if you aren't offering a beautiful, soaring, inspiring space and you're trying to court the best UX designer in town, if you don't have a great space, they're not going to work for you because they don't have to. Uh, so tell us about your co-working space. How is it different than some of the other ones there in Austin or, or you know, you right. mentioned 2,500 worldwide. What makes yours unique? Well, I think um, I approach co-working as a hospitality business, and I approach it as a business. I'm here to make money. Um, so my space here in Austin, whereas a lot of spaces concentrate on a segment of the market. So there's a couple of really great spaces here. One is Capital Factory and another one is Tech Ranch, mm-hmm. but they focus on tech startups. That's great. Focus away. I want everybody else. Right. So my space is really a reflection of the Austin economy. So I have CEOs, CFOs, freelancers, real estate agents, entrepreneurs, tech startups, small businesses, attorneys, you name it, they're here. And so you get this really diverse 
community that has everything it needs in its own little ecosystem. So that's kind of what sets Link apart is whereas, you know, as trends progress, we see specialization, and specialization is good and interesting, and I get why that, that might appeal to you. I've gone the other route where I'm not specializing. Right, and you, you capture everybody. Now, within that general uh, population, mm-hmm. is co-working space best suited for solopreneurs, or can a company that has employees, an employer-based firm, can they also enjoy benefits from these co-working yeah, spaces? absolutely. Yeah, we have lots of independents here, but we have lots of people that their companies pay for their co-working membership. We had a girl who came here recently, and I asked her what she did, and she said, well, I work for a startup out of New York. And I said, that's great. How would you hear about Link? And she said, well, my company that I couldn't work out of my home that they wanted me to work out of a co-working space. Hmm. And the reason being is, you know, her team is all over the place, but they wanted her to be anchored into a community and they knew that the co-working space was a way to do that. Okay. So in addition to these co-working spaces serving as branch offices, if you Mm -hmm. will, can Mm -hmm. um, a, a small company that's grounded in the same place though, can they, can I sign up for space that houses me and my four or five employees that are all, you can do that too. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's also funny. One of the things we've seen too is we've seen people that have offices close by and the boss gets a membership over here so he can escape and get work done. <laughs> I could relate to that. So, no, that's that's a great benefit, too. And let's, let's talk about some of the advantages. Obviously, it gets you out of the coffee shops where you're sitting among, uh, you know, the, the people who are just sitting there having chats with their friends. And as you say, sometimes you end up sitting next to your competitor, so you can't have a really candid conversation with your prospect. Uh, so it gets you out of that, and it gets you out of your home. Uh, with that physical space, but what are some of the other benefits that co-working can offer besides those physical benefits? Right. Um, well, it's it's everyday networking. You know, if you need an attorney, we'll just walk across the room and go talk to the small business attorney. You need a website designer, we've got three of them in here. So it's, it's, it's getting to connections faster than you would normally get to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're really in sort of this interesting recommendation culture now where people don't really buy something without talking to people. We're always talking about what the next thing is or what app we just found or what we like. And um, so I think that it's, it's a really great way to plug into a network every single day. The other thing is we support each other. You know, we just had – an entrepreneur that was here at Link who who is so passionate, so great, and he's he's really struggling. And you know we're we're helping him, we're encouraging him, we're lifting him up. The other thing is co-working spaces, sign leases, and we grow people out of our spaces, sign leases. We're great for economic development. In addition to that, we hire each other. True. I mean, there's my my patent attorney sits in link co-working and he's the guy I hire because I like him and he's sitting right there. Right. So you're so, you're describing a community really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean what the the secret sauce of co-working is the serendipity that happens within a community. 
Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys offer each other discounts? Uh, in other words, you've mentioned some of the relationships that have been mm-hmm. formed among the various co-working members. If I were to use one of the web designers or the services of the attorney, do I get discounted uh, fees for those? You know, I I don't um, I don't see that happening a lot. I think it's standard fees that people mm-hmm. would charge anybody else. But I go out and procure some discounts for my members. So, like, for instance, if you join Link, you get a month free at Body Business, which uh-huh. is a gym that you can walk to. So, um, but I think that, I don't think that members offer each other discounts necessarily because they value the services and they don't need to. Right. But as you say, there are some uh, discount benefits that come through affiliate programs that you have yeah. set up for your members. Okay. Absolutely. All right. But I'll tell you, we've done a couple of surveys. And, um, you know, when we ask people what's your favorite thing about Link, the number one question is, or the number one answer is always the same. It's the people in the space. Sure. Because you've, you've given them a way to get out of the coffee shop or out of the home, and you've really created uh, that water cooler environment uh, mm-hmm. where, where people can still get up and network and still uh, have the relationships and really the stimulation that comes with good conversation uh, among their peers. And, yeah, and there's also the the proximity productivity factor, which is you know if the per- if everyone around you is plugging away, you know whereas you, like you feel guilty looking at Facebook, you know <laughs> because you're like oh they're all getting stuff done, I guess I better get something done. Yeah. Um, and and you know like we had somebody. That, that came in today, and she's been here for a week, and she just came in and plunked her stuff down and said, I love being here. The and, energy. you know, it's just it's about giving people a place where they can come and be productive so that when they're not at work, they can have the quality of life everyone's looking for. Because what we want to do is give people a place to get it done where they feel safe. It's a beautiful, inspiring space because work isn't life. Well, yes and no. But <laughs> we we might have to agree to disagree on that one. Uh, but I do wonder when you talk about how can I be looking at Facebook when everybody around me is engrossed in a proposal or a, a sales meeting or whatever it might be. Are, are that begs the question: Are the is it private space or is this an open space or do you have the ability to go from open space to private space? So link co-working is all open co-working with no private space, but there's breakout spaces. So there's meeting rooms you can go into. There's okay. conference rooms. On a beautiful day like today, you can sit outside. Um, and then we also offer dedicated desk space, and we have private offices available. However, you know, one of the things I put on, do is I put a 3M privacy screen on on my MacBook Air because – I am constantly doing financial things and right. people don't need to see it. So yeah. I think there's little things you can do. You know, lots of people will be like, well, what if somebody's playing music you don't like? Um, we'll put on your headphones, you know. So there's lots of little tips and tricks about working in a co-working space. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of flavors of co-working. I always tell people, you know, go try all the flavors of co-working and see which one you like best. Sure, because it's month to month, right? Well, mine is, yeah, and usually sometimes some even offer day rates. Wow. 
Okay, so it's easy to go experiment. We're yeah. going to we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I want to talk to you about the conference that you have coming up here in Kansas City. We're talking with Liz Elam, who owns the co-working space in Austin, Texas, and she's going to be here in Kansas City in just a few weeks. We'll be right back. Are you growing incrementally or exponentially this year? Your future depends on continuously improving your skills, enhancing your knowledge, and applying those improvements and enhancements at work. What a difference a year makes. Consider the Executive MBA program at Benedictine College, Kansas City's only one-year Executive MBA program. Find out more by logging on to benedictine.edu slash EMBA to get started. Your product outshines the competition, so why aren't you outselling them? You're meeting sales projections, but the bottom line just isn't what it should be. Technology is changing rapidly and impacting your ability to perform. Something needs to change, but you just can't put your finger on what. I'm Patrick Shore, your host at The Hut, where we tackle these and other issues. The Hut is a safe place where we can explore what it takes to not only stay in front of the competition, but make it irrelevant. So come on in, kick off your shoes, and join the conversation every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio Network. The Hut, your path to a stronger, thriving, profitable business. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting here this morning with Liz Elam. She owns a co-working space in Austin, Texas called Link Coworking, and she's also the executive producer of the Global Coworking Conference Unconference, which is coming to Kansas City at the beginning of May. Liz, why don't you tell us about that conference? Of course. Um about four years ago, um, there was a group called Loose Cubes that started a half-day unconference in conjunction with South by Southwest. It was called the Coworking Unconference. And I attended that here in Austin. There were about 50 people there. I took that conference over the following year, and we had 250 people that showed up the first year to talk about coworking. Good grief. That really it was awesome. 50 and, to 250. Wow. Uh-huh. And... Um, we did it in Austin for two years, um, and we were right by South by, but that ended up being really expensive for our attendees and expensive for us as well. And we did a huge survey and found out that people would really like us to move the conference around. Mm-hmm. We put out an RFP, and Kansas City came at us hard wanting this conference. And so we analyzed all the people who responded to RFP and decided to move what we call Juicy, because the Global <laughs> Coworking on Conference Conference is GCUC, which sounds a lot like Juicy. It does. So we moved Juicy to Kansas City for 2014. It's going to be May 1st, 2nd, and 3rd at the Airline History Museum. And we have folks coming from all over the world to talk about coworking and the future of work. How many people are you expecting out there? Uh, we think we're going to end up around 300. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a good number. And, again, just as you do on-site at your co-working facility, it's going to be a great networking working opportunity, except for instead of just networking with others in your immediate community at a co-working facility, you're going to be doing this, this networking now, with people from all over the world, as you say. Right. So, yeah, I like to bring people together, you know, within my co-working space, and then I take it all the way out to a global level with Juicy. And it's, you know, it's predominantly co-working operators from around the world. We have people coming from as far away as Australia and Egypt and Brazil. Mm -hmm. But um, we also have the real estate industry shows up in terms to this. 
And we see a lot of venture capitalists in the audience these days as well. Well, I was going to ask you, three-day conference on on co-working space, what kinds of topics do you cover? Obviously, it's more than just the co-working. It really sounds like it's going to be a lot of people who can help facilitate the growth of entrepreneurs, as you said, venture capitalists, real estate yep. people. Who else should we expect there, and what other topics can an attendee expect well, we're super excited that Scott Gerber, who started the YEC network, is going to be our keynote, and he is going to be talking about super connectors. Also, um, your fabulous mayor is stopping by to welcome everybody to Kansas City and say a few words. In addition to that, um, there was a gentleman in the Netherlands who started a company called Seats to Meet, mm-hmm. and he'll be talking about a very innovative new free co-working model that's really taking off in Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Three okay. great panels. One is on the future of work and design. Another one is on the models, new models of co-working. And then finally, we're talking about kind of Finding the right model for growth, um, are you growing too fast, growing too slow, or getting it just right? Mm-hmm. So, again, not just about co-working itself, but a lot of good speakers to talk to mm-hmm. about what direction your business can go in, what are some of the tools that you need in order to realize that growth, a uh, very well-rounded uh, package, it sounds like. And if someone is interested in attending, give us the details. Uh, what What is the format going to be like? What uh, does it cost? How do you go to register? The first day is a conference, and we just covered all the topics mm-hmm. there. The second day is an unconference. So it's basically a crowdsourced day of conference where we pick the topics as a group, and anyone can lead a discussion. Mm. It's really innovative, and it's really fun, and it's It's really the secret sauce of this conference. And then the third day, people have an option of choosing a workshop that they pay for, or they can go on tours of co-working spaces in Kansas City. All the information about the conference is on our website, which is gcuc.co, and tickets currently are $450. And that's a bargain for three days, I'd like to point out. Yes, so go out to gcuc.co, get all the details. You can find out more about the speakers and about some of the topics. You mentioned that there's going to be a tour of some of the co-working spaces in Mm -hmm. Kansas City. Can you name some of those? Oh, absolutely. Um, Think Big has been a huge supporter of this conference and has really helped us. Co-working Waldo, um, Office Port, uh, we're going to start stop by the startup village and also we're super excited to see the new accelerator that sprint and yes. put together yes that is exciting news here in kansas city too so so a lot of, of things crammed into that <laughs> that three days for 450 dollars and i think the the second day the end conference that's kind of like uh this is the surprise inside because you're coming but you don't necessarily know what topics you're going to what are going to spring up out of that discussion. So that'll be interesting, too. Uh, If there's anything else that you'd like to say about co-working and about how it might work for you or for people that are listening to us from around the country that, as they've listened today, they're thinking, this might be for me, but how do I find out? Do I I just go online and Google co-working? How do I find out about co-working availability in my city? Right. Well, actually, you you hit the nail on the head. Google the word co-working in your city. Um, It's a great place to start. There's also a co-working wiki that has a fantastic list 
of co-working spaces around the globe. And, you know, my advice is get out of the coffee shop, get out of your house, and go try the co-working spaces in your city. But, you know, just like if you go to a movie and maybe it's not the greatest movie you ever saw, you don't stop ever going to movies. Exactly. So don't stop at one. If you go to one and it doesn't really speak to you, the next one might be exactly what you're looking for. So go try all the flavors. There's lots of them out there. <laughs> Liz, it's been wonderful having you on the show today. And, again, a reminder to our listeners, uh, there's going to be a conference here in Kansas City, the Global Conference Unconference for co-working. It's going to be May 1st through the 3rd at the Airline History Museum. Museum down at the downtown airport, and you can go out to gcuc.co to register and find out more details. Thank you so much, Liz. Thank you. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at ithinkbigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.